Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On Top 10 Champions of the Stanley Cup in the Cap Era. The poll published yesterday, and it caused quite a stir on social media. Where would you rank VGK on this list? Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We appreciate you doing that. Make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked On Golden Knights, and find us on Twitter at Tony Dasco at TD Chris G at Locked On VGK. So, Chris, yesterday, Locked On's top 10 champions of the salary cap era poll released, and it was, to say the least, controversial. Last check, they were well over there, had to be like 600,000 views. And I'm going to go through my top five that I voted. And then we could talk about where VGK should land on this list. I went with, and again, I think one of the recurring themes by the fans, not just here in Vegas, but around hockey fans around the NHL, uh, was recency bias. And, of course, that's bound to happen. Um, I went with Colorado, number one, uh, 16-4 and four in the playoffs, uh, never really faced elimination, a couple of sweeps in the playoffs. I think they should be considered. And then number two, I went Tampa's 2020 team and then Tampa of 2021. And then I've ranked the caps of 2018 over VGK because they beat the Golden Knights that first season. So those are my top five. Um, Should be ranked higher. I know you have a case and you'll have an argument uh, for the Chicago teams of 2015 and 2013. Um, I'd, I'd even go back probably more to the 2010 Hawks team. Maybe the first uh, of the three runs where the Blackhawks yeah, won the, the 9 10 team. Right. Yeah. So comparing, you look at the cores of the teams and just how strong both of the teams are. Um, Marion Hosa, Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Seabrook, Keith, and then the supporting cast after that. You're looking at players like Brian Campbell, um, Dustin Bufflin, when he was just coming into his dominant self, I mean, he was one of the most dominant players for a very long period of time. Nicholas Jarmelson, we can go on and on and on. And, you know, we're talking about bias. Obviously, I got bias towards uh, Chicago being my my former love, so to speak. Um, just going through the comments here on that tweet. <laughs> I didn't know. Honestly, I had no idea it was the tweet we had this much attention until you just said it. Um, 617,000 yeah, views. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's great. Um for me, I didn't vote on this because I just don't have enough knowledge, if you will, of all of these, you know, teams. I mean, I would just kind of be clicking, okay, this looks good. This looks good. This looks good. But, you know, I really don't have a lot of knowledge to offer. But what I can look is at the results and someone's talking about the 2012 Los Angeles Kings, 16 and four beat the one, two and three seeds. And they never faced elimination and had a three Oh series lead. Again, this is according to, I think, uh, uh, Christian Collins on Twitter. So I hope Christian, you're right. Otherwise you're gonna get me in trouble here. Um, but they also had a three Oh series lead in every single 
playoff series. So you look at numbers like that. That's really what matters to me. Of course, that Colorado team recently was was super strong. Tampa has had an amazing core, and the Golden Knights are are great. Also, they had a fantastic playoff run. Uh, never faced elimination. Only lost consecutive games once in all the playoffs. Just simply because it's hard to keep your pedal to the metal when you're up three nothing against the team. Dallas got a couple of wins. Good for them. Uh, when they beat Edmonton, they beat them. The games they beat them in were very dominating fashion. And of course, uh, the Stanley Cup final uh, was what it was. Yeah. And so here's the way that it was ranked. And those were my, uh, that's what I voted. Uh, you abstained. And uh, uh, they had uh, Colorado, the 2022 team first. Tampa's 2020 uh, team was ranked second. The Golden Knights a little high at three. Um, and that was, of, of course, this season's Stanley Cup champions here in Vegas. Uh, fourth were the Pittsburgh Penguins of 2016, and that was a pretty interesting team. That 08 09 uh, Penguins team was down 0 2 twice and had to rally and come back. Um, of course, we're talking about uh, the start of the cap era, which was the 05 06 season. And then uh, after that, in fifth, Tampa, the 2021 team, Detroit in uh, 2006, right on the cusp there of the salary cap. And they had won prior to that. So they had momentum. So I didn't give them as much weight, if you will, um, in my voting. The Capitals' uh, 2018 team was seventh, followed by the Penguins of 2017. Uh, Chicago, the 2013 team, was ninth and the 2015 13 team. Sorry, I was talking to myself there. Um, Blackhawks team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, you know, for me, like when I'm, when I'm thinking about this, what matters to me in a power rankings poll of this nature is what was the overall record in the playoffs? I think that's pretty important. Um, I want to know if a team faced elimination. And then I want to know how well a team played when trying to eliminate someone. And I think those are some of the most important pieces when you evaluate who is tops of the mountain, so to speak. And, you know, then if we're going to look at it like that, of course, Vegas does get a lot of uh, positive attention. I mean, if we're going to flaw something, Dallas beat them two in a row after, you know, they were down three, nothing and desperate. You're not going to, not going to hold that against Vegas by any means. They still won that series in six. Um, Florida Panthers, they never, I mean, I, there's nothing bad you can really even say about that series, except uh, the Golden Knights gave them the one game so they can win at home. But that's, uh, that turned out to be a good thing. And then Winnipeg, if you will, that first game where they kind of shellacked the Golden Knights, I think, uh, was the right wake up call, which, uh, led to, uh, led to great things happening. Uh, I think it might also be a little bit too soon with the freshly minted Golden Knights. Stanley Cup champions to evaluate greatness there. I don't know because a lot of these teams, I had to go back and sort of evaluate and give it some deep thought. And here again, it's recency bias. I don't think that they're number three on the list, but again, maybe time will tell. It, I mean, sure, it's definitely recency bias. When I saw Vegas three and the fact that I didn't toss a vote out there on this definitely shows other people are yeah, thinking was five, about was Vegas. Five fair? Was five fair where I ranked them? I think so. And, you know, I, I think, um, like you said, time will tell. And, you know, Colorado had a real good team, you know, a year ago, but they couldn't come back and make a deep run this year. 
injuries, distractions. So kind of a, not an apples to apples year over year comparison. Um, Golden Knights, uh, there's a few things that got to happen for him to make a run in season seven, but McCrimmon's done his job at getting the right players in the right place, keeping the core of the roster together. And Tony, if the Golden Knights do happen to repeat, God, that would just break the break the internet and just break the National Hockey League fanfare, especially in Canada. They'd go nuts up there. But if the Golden Knights did happen to double down, there you go, double down, parlay, and uh, come back with another Stanley Cup win, then I think you can justify that three ruling, you know, for the 2022-23 team. And then how high would the 23-24 team be then? Maybe we'll, we'll do the really early power ranking, I guess. <laughs> yeah, my favorite uh, comment of the day was the fan that said, how come Toronto's not on this list? He was really oh, good. <laughs> oh, uh, the 06-07 Ducks. So as I'm doing this, I remember a story. Uh, that was the team. It's a really good team. Yeah, Timo Solani, I thought, it was one of my favorite players of that time. And so I got invited because I was traveling between Vegas go. and the West Coast, okay? And this was my third encounter with the Stanley Cup, not in any sequential order. Are you guys on a first-name basis, you and the Stanley so Cup? I just call him Stan, the man. And so so I get invited to a party in Hermosa at a bar called Blue 32. I don't know if it's still there or not. And it was the night that George Paros had the cup, the enforcer for the Anaheim Ducks. And I had met him previously, and one of my friends was a close friend of his, and I would get invited to go to Blue 32 and hang out. And he would tell us about beating the snot out of someone that night and great stories. And then he wins the cup. He takes it to Blue 32. And so last night, I'm like, man, I couldn't remember – who it was his name or anything and so i texted my friend last night and i said who was it that had the cup that night at blue 32 i think it's hermosa beach it's down there near manhattan beach or whatever and he goes it was george paros i go that's right and then i was about to say where is he today and he was beating the crap out of everyone and today he is the head of player safety in the national hockey league so, it's it's funny how that, that works out. That's how that works. That's that's a Vegas thing, right? That's why you know <laughs> back in the day, all the surveillance, you know, and security teams for the casinos was hiring the old, uh, you know, card counters and casino cheats Jeez. to help. So that's 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 a page out of uh, the book of Las Vegas, right there. <laughs> so that was uh, a lot of fun. I didn't bore you with that story. I hope that was fine. It was fine. It took a second. It took the build was a, was a little long, but we got there. We got there. How did VGK become Road Warriors this past season and winning the Stanley Cup? We'll talk about that when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel. Get up to 10 times your first bet and bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet on tw- bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think will be hitting the first home run, to pitchers getting the number and amount of strikeouts, all of that. It's on the app that is safe. It is secure. It is super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. It's no better place to bet on MLB than at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball. 
Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We appreciate you tuning in. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. And coming up in our third segment later on this morning, it's that time of the week. It's time for WTF, What the Friday. And in the midst of all those shenanigans and everything about the poll, we got a ton of uh, comments. So I want to move along in this segment and get to that th- third segment. But I do want to give it its just to do because in going back and looking at some stats yesterday, um, the Golden Knights, we know that they were strong on the road, right? But 73% their winning percentage on the road this past season. Really? I think so. Figure it out. 26, 7, and 8. Yeah, no, that's – I. And they were seven and three in the playoffs. They had a better home uh, road winning percentage, I should say, than on the than on the home ice. Yeah, that's remarkable. I honestly didn't factor it from a percentage perspective, and that's pretty dang good. I mean, it's, there's a not much more to say about that. And you know, I guess the biggest question is why were they having all this success on the road and? You know, I was joking. I was kind of going over this in my head when I was driving last night, you know, and maybe we can kind of joke for a second that maybe just uh, Cassidy wasn't very good at matching up line combinations and it was uh, easier on him on the road because he didn't get the last change. But all all joking aside right there, I think you look at just how tight this team was. You look at all the stories, especially everyone talking about Phil Kessel and all the shenanigans that he was up to. I mean, it seems like most of the goofy stories from the road Again, with Phil Kessel walking into the room or being in the room or doing something to keep things light. And you just look at how tight the team was. There was no drama whatsoever in the locker room. There was no concern with anything. And I think the team just genuinely enjoys each other's company on the road. And there's not the distraction of the family. I I hate to say it like that, but it is what it is. You know, when... You heard how often when the team came back from a long road trip, how concerned Cassidy and the players were with that first game back. Cassidy Cassidy himself, I think, even made the comment, yeah, the players, you know, they're catching up with their families and their honeydew list and all that stuff. And, you know, they get uh, their butt kicked against a lesser opponent the first game back from a long road trip. So you're on the road. There's no distractions. You're playing, you know, cards on the plane. You're, I mean, now that we heard some stuff about Jack Eichel and all the partying he had been doing Jack Eichel, I think he's he has a little fun on the road too. It seems like, and he's not the only one, but I think he's kind of the the party starter, so to speak. But the players enjoy that; they uh, get to blow off some steam, they get to play some hockey, and uh, they had a pretty impeccable road season as a result. And plus, remember that Cassidy was toying around with the different line combinations early on, and this is when they had a chance to pretty much practice because they had a little bit more time on the road. And we know that they had that span from November through December where they won 9 of 11. They were like 9, 1 and 1, I think at one juncture there. So it definitely was starting to pay dividends. They were coming together as a team. And, you know, another thing too, Chris, is this VGK team has always been pretty good on the road from day one. In the first season, if you recall, they broke Anaheim's record for most road wins in an expansion season. And I think that number was 18, and they wound up winning 22 games on the road. 
in that first season. So they've always been a pretty good road team starting from day one. The Golden Knights had four separate extended road trips that took them where they played basically five or or four or more games on the road. So the very first long road trip was back in November and the team has five games on the road and and they win all five games, Washington, Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto, Buffalo. Okay, fine. Good start. Uh, Later November, they have another four game trip. Uh, They go three and one. Okay. Not bad. And Pittsburgh uh, beat them four to three in a close game. Uh, then you look to the road trip. This is, was the one bad one. This was right, or was this right before the All-Star break here? No, but in January, they they go three and three and four on, or no, not three and four, I'm sorry. They go two and four on the road. Okay, fine, whatever. That was and right then, before the All-Star break, it was. That was the one right before the All-Star break. So, you know, and then they had a really good trip uh, later on down the year in uh, in March as well, beating Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton. So looking at all those numbers, and I'm just – I. I never thought about the percentage. I'm still stuck on that number. You said 77 or 76? 73%. That's unfathomable. And Unless I, I, I figured wonder, it wrong, but that's what I came up with. I mean, you did it based on percentage Carry the points. nine. Yeah. yeah. Carry the nine, and the drop one. the one, and uh, yeah. you, know, you got your rotary dial, and you figure it out. Yeah, I got it. I um, still have it. Does your, your calculator, your phone, your, your flip phone have a calculator? On it? <laughs> Another thing, too, uh, and I think, that Jack Eichel in one of the road trips alluded to, I think they someone asked him about what he thought was the reason they were winning games too. Again, he just talked, he went right to the depth of the team too, that they had a lot of depth and that really paid off, especially when you're traveling. Some players could be road weary and other players picked it up. Line three. I mean, how many, it's a, it's a dead horse that we, we bring up so often and, Teams usually can establish their top line. Their second line is usually the leftovers. The fourth line is pretty easy to put together a decent fourth line, although um, the Golden Knights probably have one of the top fourth lines in the National Hockey League. I think Nick Waugh is by far the top fourth line center in all the NHL, and Colasar and Carrier can do their job. If Carrier can have a healthy season, he can get 20-22 goals. That's what he was pacing for. That would have been remarkable to see him uh, have that type of a season. Line three is always weird. Are you going to set up an, an like an energy hybrid Who's line on line three? Is that the Carlson line? And that's sure. and that's part of the argument too, right there, because a lot of line threes would be Nicholas Waugh, <laughs> Keegan Colasar, William Carey, where it's an energy line, right. and then line four is, is you know your your Ryan Reeves of the NHL chewing up eight minutes a game. So that's where the Golden Knights are extremely fortunate to have that powerful of a third line when it's a second line. Is, is it the Howden line or is it uh, the Amadio line, Tony? Yeah, I call it the Howden line. You know that. Come on. And in the postseason, those three losses came to Edmonton, to Dallas, and to Florida. Those are their only losses. And Dallas was the loss with the closeout game uh, that they could have closed it out. And that was the only time in overtime. felt a little bit of a threat they were at that point when when the golden knights lost game five at home that's where there was a tiny bit of concern like is this really happening again right exactly coming up next it is that time of the week it is wtf that stands for don't go astray what the friday is what we call it here wtf return with more and your comments right after this 
on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights from Las Vegas. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick reporting. And we appreciate you making us your first listen. Make sure that you go to the YouTube channel, Locked On Golden Knights, and please subscribe there. So we had so many comments yesterday about the Locked On poll. I thought perhaps we could get lost, but we did not. We did not. We had so many we had so many WTFs, and one came from our good friend, the host of Locked On Anaheim Ducks, hmm. Jason Hernandez. WTF is this weird? What's up with this weird weather in Vegas this week? He was here. I was supposed to catch up with him at the Las Vegas Aces game. I mean, it's not 110, but those were some odd storms earlier in the week. Also glad to be back in town. This is normal w- in Vegas, dude. This is normal. <laughs> <laughs> WTF Andrew Adams at Triple AU T Hockey. WTF VGK coming to Utah on the Golden Knights road trip again this year. Amazing. Um, I and so many of the other Utahns up here are diehard fans. Said they aren't playing a preseason game up here this year like they have in previous years. Happy for this clinic and party for my kids, though. WTF. I like that one. And I'm going to go a step further with that. WTF is up with another VGK road trip. I'm going to go the other way. They don't need it because they're no longer partners with AT&T Sportsnet. Why would they? Come on, man. They were doing it to promote that they were the kings of the Rocky Mountain, according to Mr. Bill Foley. So they're going to go to Reno and to Boise and to Bozeman and to that other hot spot in Ogden. and. Again, it's not to own the Rocky Mountains anymore. No more AT&T Sportsnet. WTF. WTF. I mean, just real quick on that, I think it's still a nice thing for Vegas to expand a little bit and just try and continue to be the the home team, if you will, for places outside of Vegas. And it's a good thing. Sure, of course, the TV side carries a little more weight to it because of all the, the money that comes in as a result of that. But it's still good to see... The Golden Knights doing this. And you mean, you said yourself, uh, the, the tweet you just read, uh, that person, their family enjoys this every year. Maybe they'll get lucky and they'll catch a glimpse of the cup. Who knows? Um, I got two quickies now. Let you, uh, go wherever you want to go with this. Well, well keep oh, in mind, though, too. No, keep okay. in mind that they have had players and hopefully they bring some star players. Cause last year, I remember it was Braden McNabb and Shade Ain't So Theodore. Whoever and goes, wife, whoever goes. His goes. wife said to stay till the end of the clinic. We haven't busted that out in a while. We haven't busted That's, that one out a in a while. It's been a minute. That was pretty good. That was to the effing clinic, right? I think is what she said to be fair, but yeah. Um, all right. So two from me really fast here. One, uh, today is August the 4th, according to this clock and calendar right in front of me here. Today is my kids meet, both my kids meet the teacher day. The kids in Vegas go back to school next week nah, that is sucks. way too early it's hot they can't go outside i mean if they do go outside for pee that's not a good thing but they can't go outside it's just this is it, like a lot of schools wait till even to the end of august and stuff like that and just way too early so clark county like on one side i get it like if it's going to be hot at least have them inside hopefully an air-conditioned classroom Say hopefully because, you know, CCSD, you know, see about that. So WTF for having the kids go back to school way too 
WTFing early. There you go. Didn't you, and didn't then, you take them? Didn't you take them away on a vacation last year just to kind of prolong things, or was that? I mean, that's that, that that that. Well, we did a we had a Chicago trip, but it wasn't necessarily for vacation reasons. But we we I mean we 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 get them some we get them some R and R time. They get they get some hokey days. You know how that goes. You know maybe know a, goes. maybe a weekday Golden Knights game. You know will go a little late night. You know you know what I'm saying. Um, and then the next one for me uh, kind of surrounds my card business a little bit here. So obviously uh, you guys know I'm, the big part of my business is opening boxes and boxes of hockey cards all day long for people and hopefully trying to pull big autographs and just real special valuable cards. So Upper Deck just had a release. Uh, actually, it's this box right here. Here you go. This box right here. 2021, 22 credentials. It's like a $130, $140 box. You get an autograph in each box and some other good cards, hopefully. Cole Caulfield, possibly the biggest rookie prospect that is from that year, does not have autographs in that product. That's not a good thing, Upper Deck. Upper Deck Stature, that's another product that comes out in a week and a half. A very hot product that collectors look forward to. For whatever reason, Cole Caulfield does not have autographs in that. So I got a WTF for Upper Deck for not having the best rookie prospect not being featured in some of your products, which is just odd. So there you go. WTF, Upper Deck. WTF, what is up with the Henderson Silver Knights hyping Brendan Brisson? They keep uh, putting out these tweets. He's him, or I don't even know. But they're hoping that he turns the corner, as are we, this upcoming season. Uh, could this be a make-or-break season for Brendan Brisson? I believe so. Um, WTF. Nah, Stop hyping him up. He came in with a lot of pressure on him. Leave the kid alone. No, WTF. And, and that part is definitely fair. But, I mean, let's let's look at his first full professional season in the A. 18 goals. 19 he gets 37 37 so cool yeah come on he gets 37 point the broadcasting school really paid off Gallic. um he gets he is 37 points 58 games on a not that good of a silver knights team call it what it is right so he's definitely going the right direction and so that tweet is instilled in my mind so i have we're with Blue Cross Blue Shield on our insurance plan, and there's been some issues getting some things worked out. And every time I call them, I know it's an hour phone call, and it, I'm very calm in the beginning, but at some point the foul language does come out, call it what it is. But yesterday when I was dealing with a problem with them, with our insurance, all I saw, Tony, was that tweet that you retweeted with Brendan Brisson. So all I saw was his one-timer and those goals that he had while I was talking to Blue Cross Blue Shield. So now Blue Cross so Blue Shield and Brendan Brisson are... Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Brendan Brisson and Blue Cross Blue Shield are stuck in my head now. So whenever I see uh, Brendan Brisson, I'm just going to want to just... just uh, all right. Uh, our good friend, Rita Homan. Rita! Oh, this is good. WTF. What's the salty... TBL player Shachaniko. However, Sugarchef. Sugarchef. I know. This is how she spelt it. Though. Oh, it's how she's joking. <laughs> Attacking the Leafs fans for enjoying their first series win in years. Let people enjoy things. WTF. So, but that here's the thing. I, I put this actually in my daily column um, for Vegas hockey now that came out like a three in the morning. So, really quick, folks, the storyline there goes. Uh, Shurgachev did an interview with Russian media and someone, I don't know who, basically did a Google Translate of it where it sounded like the only thing Shurgachev was doing was blasting and tearing apart the Toronto fan base for celebrating a win when basically Shurgachev 
was saying, listen, we had some guys get injured. They didn't win anything being the Toronto Maple Leafs. They won a series. Their first, the first time they got past the first round in like two decades or something like that. So he was saying they should dial it back a little bit. He wasn't just teeing off on him. So Reed, I get what you're saying. What do we got here? Is that you with the cup? Who is that? That's George Paros in front of blue 32 with the cup. dude. Nice. That's pretty good. I like that. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty funny. That's pretty good. I like that. So yeah, I mean, Sergachev, I mean, he, he gave an honest interview too. and yeah, so that's yeah, whatever. Okay. Okay. Get over it, people. Get over it, people. (laughs) We thank everyone for tuning in. We appreciate all those comments. We're sorry. We apologize. We couldn't get to all of those in the effort of time today. But thanks again to everyone. And thanks to our everydayers for making this show happen. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. Make sure that you subscribe to that YouTube channel. Have a terrific weekend. We'll see you here on Monday right here on Locked On Golden Knights.